In a time when evildoers parade their agenda before the world without shame, in a world where absolutes are being challenged and changed, in a society where truth is relative, welcome to a podcast that will edify, encourage, and empower you. A podcast that will speak God's truth in love. I'm your host, Myron Powell. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Welcome to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth in Season 3. I am so excited about this season and all the ministers I get to interview from around the world and even right here in my backyard in the state of Nebraska. These ministers, though age and all vary, have paid the price to answer God's call. And that's what this season is all about, the cost of the message. And today, I'm especially honored to interview Pastor Maxwell Smith. He serves at the Life Church in Lincoln. And uh, Brother Max, thanks for your time, for being here. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, sir. I feel so privileged to be on here. I've followed this podcast for for a while and never thought I would be on this side of the mic. I'm always thankful to, to hear and be with our superintendent, Bishop Powell. As mentioned, I'm Max Smith. I'm as Lincoln as it gets, born and raised here in the great state of Nebraska, but uh, very recently uh, transitioning in to be a uh, pastor of our daughter work in the village of Valparaiso. Once again, I'm just so thankful to be here, to be a part, and uh, just glad glad to be here, glad to be in the will of God. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so glad you're here as well, and you know, I've, I've said this to you in a personal sense, and I've said it behind your back in board meetings and other places. You're a very good and wise young man, servant leader, fellow laborer. You mentioned Nebraska, and uh, you know I'm not from Nebraska, but I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> Amen. So I do appreciate you and uh, all that you're doing with there in Valparaiso and Lincoln and, and for our district with the prayer ministry. So, well, let's get to our first question today, and that is, how do you define the cost of ministry. Mm. The cost of ministry, yeah, the, Jesus says yeah, in, in his in his word, yeah, if any man sits down to build a tower, he should first consider the cost. One thing about a tower is the higher you want to make it, the greater the base has to be. Mm. So the cost of ministry it, it's what keeps us rooted. The trial, the tribulation, Whatever it may be, it's what allows us to come closer in relationship with God. You know, the, the Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and contrite in spirit. And so the, this cost that comes in, you know, the sacrifices that are made, the trials that we go through, the, uh, the, the battle, you know, speaking to the, the negative sense, the things we have to do and suffer mm-hmm. are the things that expand our base they, they keep us rooted, they keep us grounded, they keep us balanced out, so that way we can go higher. And for myself, I've understood that there, there's this cost also, and I, I could tell you about some very dark days. I could mm. tell you about experiences that it took to be where God has brought me to this point, but I could also tell you that it'll cost your depression, it mm. will cost your anxiety. Wow. It will cost your sickness. It mm. will cost your struggles. It will cost your battles. And God is going to replace it with something else. Mm. So it will cost you that. 
but also there's going to be some days that have to keep that are there to keep you grounded, to keep you in line, to keep you in check so you can be profitable for the kingdom, to be a strong tower, to be a tree that's planted by the water and mm. rooted. You know, you mentioned the higher the building, the taller the building, the deeper that foundation has to be. And it, it reminded me of Jesus when he said, compare the two builders, the foolish builder just built right on top of the sand, not thinking about, you know, the changing of the tides or the storms. And yet the wise builder dug deep. And I think it's Luke's gospel that says dug deep and built on the rock. Mm. He, he knew below the sand he was going to eventually hit solid ground. And that's where he that's put right. the, 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 you know, posts for his home. Well, to me, I also look at that in, in, in part of what you were saying as, you know, the higher I want to go in God, the deeper I have to go in That's prayer, right. in commitment, sacrifice. You know, all of those things are so vital uh, to, to that cost. And, and I think if we don't do that, then we, we sell ourselves short. But more importantly, we sell those that we minister to short. Amen. Yeah, one of my uh, new favorite verses uh, in, in the Word of God in Ephesians, it talks about that we are to be given to know the breadth, the mm. length, mm. the depth, mm. and the height of the love of God. Yes. So my question when I read that was, how big is God? <laughs> because apparently there are dimensions that are given of God. Yeah. And his love and what he has for us, there, there are dimensions provided. So how, how big is God? Yeah. Well, first, we're given the, the width. Mm-hmm. So that means that there is a reach that God has. That there, And also in my walk with God, there is a greater width. So you know, uh, narrow is the way yes. to uh, in walking with God. It's as narrow as it, it has to be just it's me and God. Nobody can do it for me. But wide is the way that goes to hell. Mm. and destruction. So I, I choose the narrow way. Right. And sometimes that, that costs suffering. There's, there's a cost to that, to walking the narrow path, but I've chosen the narrow path. Mm. Uh, there's also the length of God where God has gone from great lengths for us. My question when I read that, you know, what, what's the length of God? Well, however far it is, God from his throne room can reach down to my lowest place. Mm, mm. So there is a length to God. And there, there's also the, this depth that we have. What, what's the depth uh, of God? Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I know it, it's greater to me every day. Amen. Yeah, I, I make a choice to allow God to be greater yes. in my eyes. And at this point, we when we add in depth, it's finally a three-dimensional thing. Mm. It's not, it goes beyond something that is paper and ink. Right. It's something that becomes relationship when I allow depth. Mm-hmm. So uh, when, when, when we talk about God, when we talk about the, our, our cost of walking with God, and we only think about the, the, the self-image, the, the practices, the traditions, that's something that we can easily find from the pa- paper and ink and the Word of God. Mm-hmm. But when we begin to apply it, now there's a depth. Exactly. And then the final measurement is height mm-hmm. because there's something that it becomes height when the whole thing is put together. And so there's 
where when it becomes whole, when it is holy, now there is a height. And so going back with the building, with the, the cost, when my depth, those dimensions allow me to have a base that now I can go higher, now I can go uh, greater in the things of God. Mm. So I, I may be suffering, but I'm saved. <laughs> I may be hurting, but I'm holy. Amen. Amen. Wow. So much wisdom there. Just, you know, pause and reflect on that for a minute. And, uh, you know, thank you for sharing that. That's a, that's a great way to view that and view the cost. You alluded to some things um, there in, in, at the beginning of your answer as well with uh, suffering, depression, and uh, possibly even, you know, part of your own story and testimony sure. of your own past. Share what you want and know more or less than what you want. This is not, you know, we're not asking you to uh, be overly vulnerable, but yet a certain degree of vulnerability does help people to understand because we all come from different walks of life. Some are raised in the church, some are not. Some start their call early, some late. Um, and so with that, here's the next question. Describe for our audience one of the greatest or some of the greatest possibly challenges that that you've dealt with related to answering God's call. Absolutely. I, I hope I can provide an answer that is helpful uh, for for our audience that may be listening to this. But you know, just, just like we said in the beginning, you know, there there's a cost of walking with God, but it is well worth it in every single way. And, you know, the testimony I've been given was given to me for a reason. I, I went through it for somebody else. Mm. And so for my 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 personal life, uh, my personal experience and lessons that I've learned in walking with God is just truly how great God is, how wonderful he is, and also the fact that God is God, God's not an American. They wor- <laughs> works off of democracy. True. God, God's not man that he, he can lie, that he can take advantage of you, right. that he has some ulterior motive for you. And so, you know, my my story were things started with uh, with my walk with God. See, I, I didn't grow up in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't grow up with this truth. I didn't I didn't grow up with the apostolic. And not only that, I didn't even grow up with much a connection to any form of church, any form of God. Uh, I had heard some about it, but that was just about it. You know, we were the quote unquote uh, Christian, uh, where every once in a great while we might stop by wherever. Uh, wherever we were invited on Easter, but that that uh, never yielded anything from my life. And you know, I got around age 14. I really lo- didn't see the point in living. I didn't see the point in what mm. life was. I didn't. Mm. I, I I was deeply depressed and came as no surprise because on both sides of my family, everyone has had to be medicated mm. for anxiety and depression. And as far as I was concerned. That that was the only future I would ever ever have, you know the the, the hope to uh, you know take enough drugs just to go another day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very appealing to me at fourteen. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> and so from that position, I I'd just given up on everything. I could take you to the place. It's nearly ten years ago, age fourteen. I'm sitting on the edge of my bed with a gun, 
And I wanted to end my life at that mm. point because I saw no value. I saw no purpose. And mm. I was saying there and just before pulling the trigger, I said, God, if you're really out there, hmm. you're going to need to prove it to me. You're going to need to show me that there's something worth living for. Wow. And there was a moment I heard nothing. And I thought to myself, well, you know, figures. I went to pull the trigger and somehow... As soon as I noticed the gun didn't work for some reason, I was knocked across my room. Something had moved in that room and pushed me off. Gun went one way, I went the other. Mm. And I heard a voice audibly from heaven just saying, wait. I got up and said, God, I'm going to need a little more than just one word (laughs) after 14 years. But yet one word from God, it means so much. Yes, And... So the next day, I'm trying to figure out what that weight meant. And a friend I was walking to school with said, my, my dad's a pastor. I'd like to invite you to come with me to church. <laughs> so I, you know, it couldn't get worse for me. Right. <laughs> so I, I decided to go. And I went. And as soon as I walked in those doors, you know, I, I don't remember what song was playing. I don't remember what the people were wearing. I don't even remember exactly what was preached, but what I did know is I felt the love of God. I felt like everything was okay for the first time in my entire life, so I never stopped going. Wow. And so that that's my background and where it came from. So from that moment, that's why I can truly say that the, there's some cost that it is. Oh, yeah. It cost me my suicidal thinking. Sure. It cost me depression. It yeah. cost me the anxiety. Yeah. But also... It cost me friends and family. Sure. Yeah, I, I I came home saying I got the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in Jesus' name. And so I guess I'm one of those holy rollers now. And I came home and had suitcases thrown at me. Mm. You know, no son of mine is ever going to be that. I I was uh, I was rejected from my own family. Yeah. You know, constantly having uh, very negative comments, hurtful experiences. Uh, my my friends that I grew up with didn't want anything to do with me. But also, once again, you know, yes, it cost me that. But I can also point to that time in my life that I was closer to God than I had ever been mm. in my life because. I had no one else to turn to but Jesus. Mm. There was nowhere that I was that I really felt safe and okay, but in the prayer room. Mm. So when I was in the prayer room, I couldn't be hurt. When I was in the prayer room, there was a loving father that was there for me. Mm. When I was in the prayer room, there was mm. one that was closer than a friend. So from that same place of there was a negative experience, a cost that kept me balanced. It kept me grounded. It taught me humility uh, because I, I had to be. It, I had to be patient. I, I had to go through and learn some lessons that were very hard. It was very, uh, a very bitter, a very difficult time in my life, but also it was the time that I was closest to God than ever before because it was the place that everything was okay. Amen. So once again, you know, that cost, it's what balances us. Yeah. So the experiences we go through is also the things that take us higher and that take us greater. And now I have family and Bible studies. I have those friends that rejected me, the ones that were the worst to me then, are now in church. Uh, one in specifically is become, uh, working into a role as a leadership in church. And so uh, once again, there was a cost. Yes, it cost me that. Yeah. 
But then there was the other side of cost where now they're walking in the same thing that they rejected before. And now I'm yielding fruit from the most bitter roots Mm. because God has a way of turning everything around. Yes, he does. (laughs) Wow. I'm just sitting here taking this all in. And and I, I know some of that story, you know, but just to hear it again and and even more as you're expanding on it. You know, I know this is resonating with our audience. I know somebody out there maybe even listening, saying, what's the what's the use? You know, what's mm-hmm. what's it worth? You know, I, I've talked with people, Brother Max, that over the years, whether it's saints, whether it's other ministers that just, you know, feel like, man, I'm, prayers are going up and nothing's being heard. And even people that, that are living for God, you know, that have lived for God for years, and so I, I hope that, that if, if someone's there listening today, that they're hearing this. I, I like God's word to you. Wait. We, we know, and you being, you know, preacher yourself, I don't, you know, preach into the choir here, but that word wait is not always just looking at the clock saying, okay, it's 7.03 and it's 7.04 and 7.05. It also means to serve. And I believe God was giving you the full weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of that word to tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make you wait till tomorrow. You're going to meet this guy. But I want you to serve me. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. And, and, and now, like, like you said, almost 10 years later, here you are. Some of those ones, that, the hurtful experience of that, you know. To have those suitcases thrown at you, to have those people reject you, but now some of them in Bible say, some of them growing into leadership. Again, somebody's listening to this, and 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 I I feel the presence of the Lord right now that somebody when this airs needs to just hold on, just wait because God has a plan. Yes, sir. That's right. You know, just like when God was talking to Elijah. Yeah, he felt like he was all alone, but then God said, no, no, no. At this moment, you know, I'm here with you. Yes. I'm speaking to you. And yes. also, I've reserved many. Yeah. There are many people yes. that, that can come that will be with you, that are going to encourage you and sow with you. That's why it's so important to be part of the church, to be close to the man Amen. of God, because th- that, that there, there's a ministry of the saints and the angels. So you can get a word from God, but also it's powerful when you get a word from somebody that's sitting across from the pew from you, when, yes. when you can listen to your pastor and the, that voice in your life that can give you direction, that can get, give you the things that you need to walk after God. It, it's so important to us. And if anybody is listening that is battling in, in that struggle with depression, yeah, I encourage you first, get con- do not isolate, get connected to people, people that love God and love you. Mm. And also understand that the, the only reason why the fight is so hard is because the devil knows your value. Yeah. Sometimes when I don't, the devil does. Mm. And he's going to try to take advantage of that because he knows how much God cares for his creation. That's right. That's right. So the harder the battle is... The harder the fight is, mm-hmm. I can know it's because the Lord sees so much value. Yes. The, the Lord is pulling and rooting out the things within me that are profitable, 
that are fruitful, that are good. And he's with me all along the way and giving me the provision to be profitable for Amen. the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Well said. Well said. And and again, just I want to echo that one more time. Just whoever you may be, you know, I'm going to give the email here in a minute, but you can also see it on the on the podcast there. Rightly dividing WOT at Gmail. If you're there and you're dealing with that email, I'd love to reach out to you. I'd love to put you in touch with Brother Max and just we want to help you because we've been there. We've lived it and we're succeeding in Christ through it. Amen. Amen. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There it is. There it is. Well, thank you for sharing that, Brother Max. And, And again, you know, when I texted you earlier today talking about this, you know, you saw the little thing in there, be as vulnerable or not as you want to be. And thank you for sharing that because that's a part of the cost that I think some people don't recognize. And yet you've also twice now, at least that I can recall in this conversation, you've also though shown an aspect where I gave up some other things too. And you've, you've attributed that to the cost. I gave up depression. I gave up anxiety. I gave up uh, these hurtful feelings. And, and, and I like your perspective on that, how that it's not just, I had to pay all this and it cost me this much, but you're looking at it like, yeah, but I traded depression for joy and hurt for hope, you know, and I really appreciate that, that perspective. As we start, you know, bringing this to an end, I want to just pick your brain for a minute. And for those of you that haven't done the math and figured out, you know, Max is 23, 24 years old here. He's a young man, but a wise young man at that. And as Paul said to Timothy, let no man despise your youth. But brother Max, I want you to think about maybe a personal experience where you might have grappled with answering that call. Uh, Maybe that dealt with, you know, submission to a pastor or how this worked, you know, in in your own unique experience, whatever it might be um, that you might have grappled with that you can maybe uh, help somebody else that might themselves be grappling with how do I answer the call? What's the process to, you know, do I tell my pastor? Do I wait? Does he tell me, you know, so kind of talk to us about your own experience and maybe give some advice with that. Yes, sir. I, I don't know if I have a, a very unique or a very ununique experience in this area. So well, we'll... it's yours, so it's unique. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, I'll uh, I'll tell you my experience and let the pieces fall where they may. But, good, good decision. Uh, for for myself, answering the call of God, it uh, really I, I don't have some you know ex- exciting uh, story about that. I. I, as soon as I started coming to church, I, I, I just started coming whenever the doors were open. I, I was, whenever my pastor was cleaning, I, I was cleaning. Whenever he was mowing, I was mowing. Whenever he was vacuuming, I was vacuuming. When, whenever he was talking, I was listening. And within about oh, th- three months, I was already teaching Bible studies because everybody else needed to hear about what, what I've heard, what I've experienced. It, it, was, it was too good to keep to myself. And I, I'd admit to you, I wish I could go back and apologize to most of those people because I didn't know what I was doing. I I mean, I I had the chart, I had the teacher's manual, I had the Bible, but I've grown 
quite yes, a bit sir. from then. Yes, sir. <laughs> but at about six months in in the church, I was, you know, God just wouldn't leave me alone about it. I'd go to bed and I'd have dreams that I'm, you know, behind the pulpit preaching. I'd wake up and, you know, repent saying, Lord, forgive me for my arrogance. Mm. You know, how, why would I ever dare yeah. to be in the position that my pastor is standing and just try to go on? But then I'd be just going about my day in different points. Uh, something would come up. I'd, I'd be reading, reading the Bible the Bible and some scripture would pop out. And then immediately it was as though a message was just given me. I'd write it out. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Maybe someday, maybe someday. Mm. I, I, but I didn't really question it also. I I knew I was called, Yeah. but I always felt if at that point, you know, if it was going to happen, it just happened. I wouldn't have control over it. And finally one day I'd told my pastor that, you know, I feel called to preach. And uh, he just nodded his head and he said, finally, you got it. <laughs> yeah, he he said, I knew before you ever started coming to church. I saw you walking on the street. And I already knew that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're in the place that you figured it out. Come our next meeting, let's talk about it. Good. Uh, so... Uh, not some huge, exciting experience. I was never called out. I was never given some prophetic word or anything like that. But I, I, I just knew where I wanted to be and mm-hmm. what I wanted, what I felt God wanted me to do. And I feel oftentimes across the, the apostolic church, we always reach for mantles. You know, I, I want to be like so-and-so. I, I and I want, I'd love to, to preach general conference or because of the times, I, you know, I, we, we view ourselves in that place. Right. You know, we think, uh, you know, I, I want to be like, like Bishop T.F. Tenney or Bishop Billy Cole. Mm-hmm. I, I want to preach and, and we, it becomes about the accolades and the position mm-hmm. and the demonstration of power. But it's not about the people, the purpose of the plan. Amen. And so, my my prayer, I I don't I don't pray for mantles anymore. Mm-hmm. God God dealt with me about that, and I've learned at this point that Jesus it never says in the scripture specifically that you know he took up his mantle and used it, mm. but it does say he picked up a towel. Bingo. And served. Bingo. So I always pray, Lord, let me take up your towel. There you go. Let me serve. Yeah, I must needs go to Samaria. Yep. G- give me the fruit of the Spirit. Give me compassion. Yeah. And you'll have a harvest. There you go. You'll if uh, if you just pray that, if you just live that and allow God to work through you, you'll never have to be worried never. about the position that you're standing. That that's just what I've learned and mm-hmm. what I've tried to live. Uh, and reflect in my walk. Earlier, before we started the podcast, you mentioned John Maxwell. Years ago, I was probably close to your age. I saw him at uh, an event. And in the handout he gave, he drew the comparison. He said, men are into titles. Jesus was into towels. Mm-hmm. And and I determined then, similar to you, I just want to serve. And something else that I I drew a conclusion from what you said, 
And I'm hoping that our pastors that are listening to this heard that, and I'm hoping that young men and women who are listening to this also heard. You said, when the church doors were open, I was there. And when my pastor was, you know, praying, I was praying. When he was cleaning, I was cleaning. When he was mowing, I was mowing. When he was, you know, he taught I was, I taught I was saved. In other words, you were imitating the life of a servant leader who still, I know your pastor, is a servant leader. Yes, sir. And, and I think that is so important, you know, that you just saw, hey, it needs to be done. I'm going to do it. My pastor's doing it. I'm going to do it. And that's the key. Think about Elisha. Now, to use the mantle, but yet in, in this regard, he didn't go searching for a mantle. It fell on him while he was working. Right, right. He weren't out there, you know, looking for it. It just happened. And I think that's the key. And so I heard that, and I hope our listeners also heard that from your answer. So thank you for sharing that. That was very wise. And it's not always, it's not supposed to be the easy choice. Mm-mm. You know, that that's that's the cost to it. Yeah. And there was there was a time when uh, I was uh, I was throwing my fit. I I was I was upset at one point when I was I believe I was oh, maybe uh, seventeen at this point, and uh, yeah, I was the only one at the church. Pa- pastor had called. You know, we're uh, you know come to the church, sign in. We're gonna uh, have continuous prayer. Yeah, we want somebody at the church praying every day, and then also, uh, you know, picking up responsibilities, you know, with cleaning and mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, I'm looking at, at the list, and at one point, I was the only person there. I was there every day mm-hmm. because that—that's what God had asked me to do. Sure. I, I felt felt that move, and when whenever I saw somebody else wasn't going to be there, I, I'm just going to be there. Yep. And uh, whenever God was pulling uh, at me or drawing me, I'd I'd grab my keys, I'd get in, I'd go go to the church and mm. start working. And I I remember there was one day that I I, I was pouting, I was th- throwing my fit, uh, sure. uh, praying, saying, God, why am I the only one here? Mm. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Yeah, you know, why why? Is there any va- any true value in this? Why why am I doing all of this? And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I felt the I, I felt a move of God in that room. I felt the weight of the presence and the glory of God there. And I, I paused for a moment, you know, through wiping away tears. I'm looking up. I'm I'm at the altar. I look in the back doors, and the back doors opened, and I, I saw it. Uh, an angel walked through the doors, and th- this angel it wasn't he wasn't very much to look at. Mm-hmm. In fact, he, uh, I could pretty well describe him for you. It was uh, not not very tall, older gentleman that he he didn't even really make eye contact with me. He he walks in the doors and he goes towards the back pew. And he just sat down. All of a sudden, he put his head down, bowed his head, and be like. He was praying, and I felt the power of God fall in that room like wow. I've never felt in my life. Wow! And I said, "God, tell me who that man is. T- tell me who he is. What what's going on? What what's his name? Who is he?" He, he and the angel did not even look up. He was just there, head bowed in the pews, and 
Then the voice of God came clearly and said, His name is faithfulness. Hmm. He will be there when no one else is there, and Hmm. He will do what no one else does. And that's why I can trust Him with the things I can trust no one else with. And I can send Him to the places that I can send no one else. Be faithfulness. Wow. Wow. And I got over my attitude. <laughs> Real quick. And I've always tried to live that. Yes, sir. And to be that. Well, I can say that you are. And Thank you, sir. I'm glad that the Lord gave you that experience. So, well, Brother Maxwell, thank you so much for your time today and for being here. Um, it has been an honor. My heart is full. My, my tear ducts are working and I'm just, wow. I, I can't wait for this episode to drop and our listeners to hear it. But And for all of our listeners, thank you for listening today. And uh, thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. If you have questions, again, please email us at rightlydividingwot at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, I pray you have a glorious, blessed day in Jesus' name. God bless you.